Hallelujah! <laughs> Christ is risen! <laughs> the Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah! And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Happy Easter! Jesus is alive! Hallelujah! Jesus is alive. That is the simple, unapologetic, singular claim of Easter. Jesus was all the way dead. He did not merely swoon. Jesus' heart stopped beating. His brain stopped functioning. He stopped breathing. They laid him in the tomb on Friday afternoon. And on Sunday morning, God raised him from the dead, put breath in his lungs, put blood back in his veins. His brain synapses began to fire again, cells revitalized, and he stood up alive forevermore and told the stone to roll away, and it did. I don't know if you heard it, at the beginning of this service, you could hear the stone rolling away. Bob's uh, amazing intro. Easter is not a comeback story. As if Jesus were down in the bottom of the ninth with two outs and fought his way back. Easter's not a comeback story. Easter's not a story of a near-death experience. Easter is the story of a dead man who was resurrected. Jesus was raised. Jesus is alive. And you might think that if you were a gospel writer, then you would focus on Jesus being alive. But not Luke. Nope. Now he makes no bones about it. Jesus is alive, but he tells the story in an unexpected way. In fact, it's so familiar to us that we might lose the significance of it. It's not that radical for us today in our culture, but for them in that culture, it was radical. Luke tells the story through the experience of the women who came to the tomb. Now you might know that in that culture, the testimony of women was not considered credible. So if you're making up a story that was not true, but you wanted people to think that it was true. You would never, in that culture, put it on the lips of women. And so I love how the Gospel writers not only give credence and dignity to the testimony of these women, but in giving priority to the testimony of these women against their cultural norms, it is just one more reason that we have to know that the account of Jesus' resurrection is absolutely true. Because they would have had no reason to prioritize the testimony of women if they weren't just trying to tell the truth about what happened. And so with Luke, we want to trace the contours of the experience of these women on that first Easter morning. This is not the end that they thought it was. This 
was the start of something entirely and eternally new. So we want to take that word start, S-T-A-R-T, start, and we want to think about the reality of the resurrection, how it impacted the lives of these women, so we may consider how the reality of Jesus' resurrection impacts our lives. So, S-T-A-R-T, start. The S stands for sad. The S stands for sad. As the Easter story begins, the women are sad because Jesus has died. Their friend, their hero, the one on whom they had placed all of their hopes, the anguish was unbearable. Now, y'all look great. You've had your pastel suits laid out for, for days. The kids have been asking what's going to be in their Easter basket for two weeks, right? You have known that today was coming. You may have walked with us solemnly and reverently through Holy Week. But all along, you knew what today would bring. These women did not. It, was therefore, it is therefore impossible to really fully capture the grief, the sense of finality, the this, this sadness that drew Mary Magdalene and uh, Mary and Joanna and the other women to the tomb. They didn't come preparing to flower a cross. They came preparing for a private funeral. They brought spices to anoint Jesus' dead body. Because less than 48 hours earlier, they had watched as the man that they loved and adored and admired, their teacher, both fierce and gentle, who spoke the words of such life and meaning to them, they watched as he was unjustly tried by the very ones who should have recognized that he was the Messiah. They watched as he was flogged and crucified and buried I mean, the word sadness probably just doesn't even do justice to the depth of what they were experiencing and feeling as they walked to the tomb in the dark of that first Easter morning. Chocolate eggs and beautiful flowers and big hats sometimes cause us to forget that Easter starts in the dark with grief and worry. Easter starts with the human condition. It's difficult for us to capture the emotional experience of the women, but it is not difficult for us to identify with it. Because we have all known disappointment. We have all had the rug pulled out from under us. We have all lost a loved one unexpectedly. And I could go on and on, and so could you. And for that reason, we can be thankful that Easter starts in the dark. Thankful that Easter meets us right where we are and more thankful still that Easter does not leave us there. So the S in start stands for sad. And the T stands for troubled. Now these dear women, they came wondering how they were even going to get into the tomb. But when they got there in the wee morning hours, the stone was already rolled away. That's not what they expected. And they looked in and the body was gone. 
I mean, talk about insult to injury. They, it was bad enough that Jesus had been killed and now somebody's gone and taken the body. Our translation that you have says they were perplexed. And the shading in the Greek uh, really means they were at a complete loss. They were uh, without resources to answer the question in front of them, what happened to Jesus' body? They thought, uh, or though they had heard Him predict time and again that He would rise on the third day, there is no sense in which they came with hopeful hearts that Jesus was alive. They came ready to finish the burial rite. And even seeing the tomb empty, it doesn't seem that it even crossed their minds that Jesus was alive. They are troubled about the whereabouts of Jesus' body. There's this moment. In fact, we see it in all four of the Gospels. There's this moment where the reality of the resurrection has not broken through human rationale. Jesus has already risen, but they simply don't realize it yet. Now, how many millions are still in that same place today? Jesus has risen. And yet they just don't realize it. They may not know what to do with the empty tomb or with the witnesses or the mountains of other evidence for the resurrection, but they know as well as these women did that dead people don't rise. That sounds like the stuff of Stephen King. And so while these honest skeptics go on with their disbelief, Jesus is alive. I wonder if anyone here this morning uh, is, finds themselves in that place. These women are sad from the loss they've experienced. They're troubled by the empty tomb. And the next word in start, the A, stands for afraid. And I guess so. Angels in dazzling clothes suddenly stood with them, lighting up the once dark tomb. Could their hearts take any more? Maybe it was in reverence in front of these glorious beings, but probably more likely because they just had nowhere else to hide. They bow their faces to the ground before these angels. And that's where the story turns. That's where the story turns. As the sun is coming up over the Israeli countryside, the light of understanding begins to dawn on these brave and faithful women, the angels speak to them. You can almost hear the giddiness in their voice. The smiles just radiating from their angelic faces. The, the joy coming from them is just is palpable. As, as, as the angel delivers history's first Easter sermon, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here, He is risen. And surely this was the last thing that they expected. I, what? what? What did he just say? I mean, could this morning get any weirder for these women? He's living? He's risen? But we just saw him dead. We, we laid him in the tomb. And like it goes for all of us, it took a little while for realization to catch up with reality. But then they were remembering. They were sad. They were troubled. Then they were afraid. But then they were remembering. The angel offers, remember 
Remember how He told you when He was in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise again. And then they remembered His words. Words of Jesus that they once you know, just thought was metaphor. Silliness even. Maybe even bravado. Rise from the dead on the third day. Jesus. But with hearts quickening and tears beginning to well in their eyes, the reality of the resurrection began to break through their rationale. It had happened. It had actually happened. Jesus was alive. Christ had risen. Alleluia. This remarkable, this is the remarkable, revolutionary, and simple claim of Easter. Christ is alive. It's not a claim that rising from the dead is scientifically possible. Of course it's not scientifically possible. The resurrection is an event of divine doing. It is the act of God alone to redeem the whole world. It is the good news declaration that death is no longer undefeated and that God is victorious in and through Jesus Christ. Easter stares down hopelessness and depression and loneliness and sickness and heartache and death and proclaims with unqualified truth that they will not have the last word. They remembered. And I wonder also if in addition to remembering His words, they also didn't begin to remember His miracles. The healings and the feeding of the 5,000, raising Lazarus from the dead, and on and on. I wonder if they didn't begin to remember those miraculous acts and realize that they all make sense for a risen Lord. I mean, they all make sense for the One who has come to defeat sin and death. They're not the results of some sort of magical or mystical power. They're, 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 the, they're the acts of the Savior doing what the Savior has come to do. There's, he's setting the world right. The miracles are restoration writ large. Each miraculous act is a step towards life as God intended it to be. So the women are remembering. And the resurrection reorients all that they know of Jesus' teachings and miracles. And what bursts forth is faith. Joy-filled faith. So they were sad and troubled and afraid. And then they were remembering and finally, finally in this new start, the T stands for testifying. They were testifying. They went and told the disciples what they had seen and heard. Now remember, this would not have won any fans, any mainstream fans in Luke's day. But he tells us that women went and told the disciples, testified to all they had heard and seen. And you know, Typical men. They weren't listening. Uh, they weren't listening. Uh, it says the words seem to be an idle tale. The, um, a better translation would, is uh, nonsense. And of course, I mean, they knew dead men don't rise. It's, uh, they weren't expecting a resurrection. The disciples weren't expecting a resurrection any more than the women were. Except maybe for Peter. Broken Peter. Get behind me, Satan, Peter. 
I will go to the ends of the earth, even if it means my death, Peter. Denying Jesus three times, Peter. And now very humbled and hopeful, Peter. And he doesn't simply take the women at their word. He goes to see for himself. But you know, we're talking about a man rising from the dead. We can cut him a little slack. But would Peter have even gotten out of bed if it were not for the testimony of these women? The women were the first to see that the resurrection was a new start. Easter met them where they were, but it did not leave them there. They went from sad and troubled and afraid to remembering and then testifying to the risen Lord. The claim they made then is the simple and singular claim of Easter still today, millennia later. Christ is alive. Easter issues no condition. Easter makes no moral demand. And Easter offers no apology. Jesus is alive. And Easter promises that you are in the hands of Jesus at all times because He is a living Savior. He will be with you always, just as He promised, because He is resurrected. All who are weary and heavy laden can come to Him because He rose from the dead. And He will never leave you, and He will never forsake you, because He is alive forevermore. Heaven is is sure and the everlasting life is yours to look forward to because Jesus is alive. Easter meets you in your sadness, but Easter uh, will not leave you there. Wherever you're troubled, wherever you are afraid, and it calls you to remember the words of Jesus, the reality of the resurrection, and maybe, just maybe, like these dear women, calls you to share the joy that is inside of you, to testify to your friends. So today, friends, I hope that you enjoy the Easter baskets. I hope that you enjoy your Sunday finest and our Easter egg hunt after the, after the service. I hope you eat lots of egg, chocolate eggs and jelly beans, especially if you gave up sweets for Lent. But do not let any of the fluff distract you from the linchpin of your faith, from the redemption of of your day-to-day, and the hope of all the world. And that is this. Alleluia! Christ is risen! The Lord is risen indeed! Alleluia! Amen.